Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Fair warning, this case is shockingly disturbing and has an unexpected ending that I guarantee you will never see coming. In late 2012, FBI special agents near Niagara Falls were alerted to an unidentified body floating in a river. A few days later, a small bag was found floating in another area that had even more evidence in it. Investigators pieced the evidence back together and realized that they had discovered the remains of Loretta Jo Gates, a young woman who had been missing for four days. Police felt that this would be an open and shut case based on the amount of evidence that they had collected. However, FBI investigators soon learned that there was far more to this case than meets the eye, and they began to believe that a serial killer may be on the loose near Niagara Falls. This case was suggested by a viewer of the channel who was close friends with the victim. She provided me with several key details in the case, some of which were never made public. So portions of this case may not be verifiable using third-party sources or articles. Loretta Jo Gates had a pretty difficult life. We don't know too much about her upbringing, but we know that things weren't always the best for her. As she got into her 20s, she developed an addiction problem. However, after a few years of battling this, she sought help and was on the road to recovery. It was August 25th, 2012, when Loretta Jo Gates was last seen by her mother. This makes this the 10-year anniversary of her disappearance. As Loretta had been recovering from her addiction, her mother made sure to take care of her and always checked in on her if Loretta planned on being away for any length of time. We know that Loretta had been living in a homeless shelter for a short while. However, as this had played out recently, she appears to have been living with her mother temporarily. It was around 10 p.m. that evening when she told her mother that she needed to step out for a bit to walk across the street to a nearby convenience store known as the Bridgeway Mart. To locals, this store is more popularly referred to as Poppies. Loretta had no intention of being gone for very long. In fact, she didn't even take her purse or belongings with her. All she had was her cell phone. We don't know why Loretta needed to head to the store at such a late hour, but it's been suggested that she might have been meeting someone there. Considering she didn't even take her wallet, it seems unlikely she planned on buying anything. After Loretta had been gone for about an hour, her mother had begun to get worried. She sent her daughter a text asking when she'd be home, and Loretta replied that she'd be back in 15 minutes. But this was the last anyone would ever hear from her. Past this, she never returned any further text messages or calls and seemingly vanished, becoming a missing person in the blink of an eye. The year before she went missing, Loretta's life had seemingly been worse than ever. She had just left a relationship with her abusive partner, Scott Martin. Scott was the father of her two youngest children, but she was unable to make things work out with him. Police evidence suggests that the two had been struggling for quite some time. She had also been having trouble with her dealers and fellow addicts that she often hung out with. 
It's been said that she eventually resorted to street work in order to make ends meet, as her addiction had slowly taken over, and she'd been cut off from almost every other form of normalcy in her life. It was at this point that Loretta checked herself into a rehab facility in New York, and according to her friends and family, the program was going incredibly well for her. She returned to the Niagara Falls area after about a year of recovery, and had enrolled herself in additional recovery programs nearby. However, after she was booted out of a women's shelter because she couldn't meet her monthly payments, her world began to take a dark turn again. According to several sources, once she returned home, she wasn't able to remain clean for one full week before she fell back into old ways, reportedly resumed relationships with many of the people she had isolated herself from, and almost immediately afterward went missing. Crime scene evidence would begin popping up just four days after her disappearance. Loretta had been reported as a missing person by her mother, but police weren't able to find any crime scene evidence or clues that may lead to where she had gone. However, on August 29th, a tourist who was on board the Maid of the Mist spotted a torso floating in the water with no head. Police were called to the scene of the crime and removed the torso from the water. At the time, police admitted that the woman had been murdered, but they refused to announce any additional details until they had investigated the case further. The family of Loretta was called in a short time later, and they were asked to bring in a few items that may contain Loretta's DNA so that they could lock her into the police's forensic database. Forensic investigators were then able to confirm that the torso that they had found did in fact belong to Loretta. By Friday of that same week, investigators had also found a leg and an arm and confirmed that these two had belonged to Loretta. On Sunday morning, just a few days later, a young couple was taking their morning walk in the Hyde Park Lake area when they noticed a small plastic bag floating near the water's edge. They pulled the bag from the water and looked inside, and that's when they found Loretta's head and hand. Police were called to the scene, and digital forensic testing proved that the remains did belong to Loretta as police initially feared. Prior to this terrible week in 2012, Loretta Jo Gates had simply been known as a mother, a daughter, and an addict who was doing her best to get clean. But now she was considered the victim of one of the most grisly slayings in Niagara Falls history. FBI agents soon found out that Loretta met with an incredibly disturbing fate. Much of what had been done to her was done while she was still alive, with forensic specialists revealing that she was covered in defensive wounds. FBI agents added that in most cases, crimes like this proved that the person responsible had a personal vendetta against the victim. They stated that these cases often involve people with extreme amounts of pent-up rage who eventually lose control. As you can probably imagine, all eyes turned to Scott Martin, Loretta's ex-partner who had been given joint custody of their children. On the surface, Scott certainly isn't a man who you'd suspect of murder. He's a rather small guy, about 5'5", weighing around 140 pounds. Scott was brought into the local police department for an interrogation that lasted more than eight hours. In the end, police weren't able to find any evidence that tied Scott to the crime, with Scott saying that he was deeply disappointed in how the investigators had treated him. After all was said and done, FBI agents admitted that they weren't able to find anything that tied Scott directly to the crime scene. Around this time, several people who knew Loretta personally spoke up about her relationship with Scott 
and mentioned that he had given her multiple black eyes, left marks on her neck, and made her life as miserable as possible. While these claims were never officially proven by any police reports or concrete evidence, it certainly paints Scott in a disturbing light. Scott recalled that day and asked, where's the motive? There's no custody battle. I'm not trying to move away. I didn't even take her to court for child support. Obviously, I wasn't that mad at her. According to the evidence that I've personally dug up, it seems like Scott may actually be telling the truth, and in reality, there may be another culprit here that police don't seem to have looked at closely enough. It turns out that Loretta had a sister who was dating a man who was, let's just say, less than ideal. Before she went missing, Loretta had learned that this man had a relationship with her daughter that was not consensual. After all, her daughter wasn't even of age. It's been said that Loretta's daughter had been living with her sister and her sister's boyfriend while Loretta was recovering, and during this time, the boyfriend took advantage of the little girl. But here's where things get crazy. Almost immediately after Loretta's body was found floating in the river, the boyfriend jumped up and moved to Canada with seemingly no notice whatsoever. According to various reports I've found online, Loretta didn't have any major grievances with her former partner regarding her children or personal life. However, she held a deep resentment towards her sister's boyfriend for the crime that he had committed. We don't know if she planned on taking any legal action against him, but if she did, wouldn't it make sense that he would want to put an end to that before she was able to file any police reports against him? Now, I'm not a crime scene investigator nor a professional detective, and I'm certainly not saying that this man was somehow involved. I'm just saying that it may be worth taking a closer look at him and digging a bit deeper into the story. But it seems as though FBI agents never questioned the man, nor was he ever even on their radar, the best I can tell. While it may seem like Loretta's case ends here, there's one final twist that needs to be addressed. A couple years after Loretta's body was pulled from the river, the body of another family member was found in an abandoned house by a group of hikers. As police investigated the crime scene and eventually identified the name of the victim, they found that she was a direct relative of Loretta. This naturally left police wondering if Loretta's family was being targeted, and even made them believe that a serial killer may be on the loose. However, according to an anonymous source that I've spoken with, this man who is responsible for the most recent victim was not actually involved in Loretta's case, as he's since been identified and cleared of any wrongdoing. With Scott Martin now completely cleared by police as well, it leaves just one person who may be responsible the same person that Loretta spoke negatively about on multiple occasions and had a deep hatred for. Let's just hope that police are able to track the man down even though it seems that he may have moved out of the country. While he may not be involved, it seems like an important piece of the puzzle that should at least be followed up on and just cleared up. But for now, Loretta's case remains unsolved. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But my name is Ty Knotts. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.